Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Undertaker versus Goldberg was embarrassing. It had a lot of botches, it had a lot of mistakes. Didn't start off that way. But it also had a lot of blood. I'm Ollie Davis. This is Luke Owen. Welcome to the Wrestle Ramble of Review Edition. It's been a long live stream. Review Edition of Super Letdown. I can't remember who coined that phrase in the Super Chat. Someone in the Super Chats coined it. Mm. And it was uh, very, very appropriate. A, uh, a terribly boring show. A terribly boring show. And also a terribly booked show. Yep, 100%. We'll get into all of the booking decisions. I guess the, it's fitting that the main event of this of Super Letdown was a mixture of boring, bad booking in like for the actual match to happen, and also bad booking, bad wrestling in the ring itself. This was a very, very, very bad match. And it started off quite hot mm. because it, st- it opened to Goldberg's strength, which is run in, do big moves, and you do like the Undertaker sit-up spot. And you're like, oh, cool. So it's going to be Brock Lesnar-Goldberg at WrestleMania. We'll, we'll be out of here in five minutes. That's the best way to get these Goldberg matches done. And then Goldberg does this knee bar. And you're like, oh, no. This isn't like a Goldberg match. Yeah. And then Taker started doing his punches. And I'm like, oh, no. We're going to have our standard wrestling match here. And then Goldberg got busted open. And I feel that is where the match fell off a cliff. Yeah, originally I thought, oh, okay, it was planned because the Goldberg and Undertaker entrances, all the build-up and pomp and circumstance was very good. Goldberg's entrance is always going to be awesome. Uh, Undertaker's entrance had druids with torches walk across the ring. There were loads of coffins lined up on the entrance ramp. And Goldberg... When he came out after the old rah behind a locker room door and a bang, came out with a tiny little red mark on his forehead. And we know that is usually because Goldberg headbutts locker doors to psych himself up. This is legit. This is a legit thing he does. He's spoken about it. It happened two years ago on Raw. And he he genuinely busted himself open. And forgot all of his promo. And forgot his promo in the ring. And there's this blood dripping down his head. And everyone's like, can everyone else see what's going on here? So 
go I, I originally I thought oh okay he's done that again even yeah. though he said he would never do it again but you know he hasn't wrestled for a while he needs a little pick me up a little boost a little bump but then when he went into the corner and he comes out with blood all over his face there's a technique where you can pre-cut yourself and sort of cover it up with a very flesh colored plaster and then you just reopen it to to more dramatic extent when you need the color to happen in the match but this was a botch, wasn't it? I think so, because he also had a giant gash on the top of his head, which I think came from the top turnbuckle pad. I think when he went in, he sort of went between the two of them, and he just gashed his head open. And then all of a sudden, there's just blood pissing out of there as well. And I think that's where the match started to fall off a cliff. We also got a, an Undertaker tombstone, where he like went up, he did one of those things where he sort of arches himself up and then drops him down. And... Someone on Twitter, I will give them a quick shout out actually. Uh, Jeremy on Twitter sent us this image of the impact of Goldberg landing. And he has just landed like head right down and his neck is bent ever so slightly to, to the left there. Or, or he's tucked his head. Or he's tucked his head, but it looks like it. And so then you could almost argue, and maybe it's because I mean, we know that Undertaker's about to sort of almost fall forward there. So is there an argument to be made, or could some people say, maybe he got some form of concussion from this as well? Because the, the match after this was a complete shambles. Yeah. And we had, he couldn't jump up for the chokeslam properly. And on both of them that they did, they tried to do the spot where Goldberg, Goldberg tried to do the jackhammer, but cannot lift Undertaker up. So they both just crumple down. And then they try to do the spot where Goldberg goes to do the tombstone, and then they... Undertaker sort of reverses it and they flip around. It's a classic Undertaker spot, but they both just fell down. I don't know whether it's Goldberg got his, you know, went a bit loopy after getting the, the heads smashed in and then the gut and the cuts on the forehead, or if he did get some form of concussion at some other point. <coughs> oh, sorry, a load of snot just came out my nose. Oh, I, I, don't think, <laughs> I don't think we can also overlook. Where's my tissue? Here it is. Ollie is unwell again. I don't think we can overlook. And I'll be curious to see how much this comes out after the show. How excruciatingly hot it must have been in that arena. Several times they showed on the screen, it's got an actual, like the outside temperature is 92 degrees Fahrenheit. But inside the building, it feels like 102. Never went under 100. That is freaking hot. That is, that is hot. nah, I'm going to stay inside today yeah. and, and enjoy our, the air conditioning from you know non-fahrenheit using uh viewers about 40 degrees celsius yeah 35 to 40 degrees celsius God. insane yeah like I, I get i get too hot in 20 degree weather and they're wrestling yeah so it's the, tremendously warm inside the arena and you saw this across up and down the card where people would just look red and people were very sweaty and it is hard Kurt Hawkins in particular. Yeah, it is hard to wrestle this very weird kind of cardiovascular performance where you've got to be explosive and endurance at the same time. And you've got these two guys, Undertaker and Goldberg, who do not wrestle frequently. They are not in, in ring shape, really. And as much as Goldberg can look the part, whether he has the in-ring shape and, and conditioning to back it up is a completely different story. So even if he wasn't knocked silly by the the few bumps that he took that went awry here just the general conditioning and exhaustion and heat you can't factor for so yeah. when he does try and lift up the undertaker for the for the jackhammer 
that might not that might not a botch because he doesn't know what he's doing. It's just because it's too hot. I'm exhausted. Yeah. And I can't do this. Yeah, it, they, I think there's a lot of factors that went uh, went against this match, not least of which their age. Um, but it's the it's the exact sort of main event that you would expect on paper for these sorts of shows. Clearly, these sorts of shows now are like the Legends shows. So the main event will always be like these big Legends dream matches that you never thought you'd see. Last year, we had Undertaker and Kane. We had the Brothers of Destruction versus D-Generation X, a match that remarkably never happens. Mm. Like, so that's meant to be this big time. And it's Shawn Michaels' first match back in a WWE ring. Yeah. Absolutely you know, insane. This match here, Undertaker versus Goldberg, this is the first time this match has ever happened, despite the fact both of them were in the company in 2003 when Goldberg had his one-year run they never did it so on paper sometimes these things are really good like you were saying you were quite looking forward to this because it's the spectacle of Goldberg and the Undertaker wow you know it's the first time never seen it but then the reality sits in and the reality is they are they are old some of them are not in the best ring shape and they're in a very very hot country not which they're not used to and then things go right last year's tag match the DX brothers it was embarrassing an embarrassing match and this was worse mm. and it was half the time and i just think that some of, if they're going to keep doing these legend style matches we're going to end up where every main event of the saudi shows is just an embarrassment yeah although it keeps matthew in business <laughs> well we we said that it's you know like you might be like oh there were botches but like what was the what was wrong with the booking here there was no angles or anything just the fact that this match wasn't booked to be a three to four minute Stare down big spot. That's all you need. You need... And, and the match started off perfectly. Goldberg hits two spears after a, a lengthy stare down. Undertaker sits up. Then Undertaker should catch the third spear into a choke slam, which is exactly what he did. Boom. Then Undertaker... Then Goldberg kips up or whatever. And then you just trade that. Just stare down, taunt, big move, big move. Boom, boom, boom. Finish. Four minutes. Nothing complex. Yep. No knee bars. No knee bars. <laughs> Matt Riddle has been running roughshod on uh, on the old Twitter machine. He posted up two videos onto his personal Twitter account. The first one is laughing at that knee bar and just being like, that knee bar, bro. And just like very much laughing openly at it. And then at the end, at the, after the match, he posted up another video. And it's just him talking to his camera where he says, Goldberg, you are the worst wrestler in the business. Yeah, you lived up to the hype. You lived up to the hype. You are the worst wrestler in this business. Yeah. So it was it was a bad main event, an embarrassing main, main event, badly wrestled. It's sad from a viewer perspective to watch. And it didn't have to be this way. It didn't have to be booked this way. I'd have rather the 50-man battle royal finish the show. Yeah. Uh, but what have we got on our su su Super Chats? We'll get to the rest of the show shortly. So we have some Super Chats that were from our uh, previous stream that we did where we kind of just sort of wrapping up the big talking points. So thank you very much. Uh, chilling with Macmillan for your Super Chat, where it's like, I actually forgot about this pay for you until y'all reminded me with this live stream. So thanks a lot, LOL. Well, you're very welcome. Uh, Rich Hartsady. You won't be thanking us after you've watched oh, it. Good, that was a bad show. Uh, Rich Hartsady, thank you, uh, said, Times like this, I'm happy I gave up the network. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It has, these Saudi shows have impacted subscriber numbers. Not to a degree where it doesn't make it financially worth it, mm -hmm. but yeah. Yeah. Uh, RC, uh, R2, 
R. Try that again. R two C two. Because I just instantly want to say R two D two. Said so. How long is this deal with Saudi Arabia again? We've got another eight years. Yeah, it's ten years. Yeah, we've got another eight years of it. Aaron Sherwood, thank you for your donation. That said, which comes first, Triple H runs WWE or AEW starts their weekly TV show? AEW. Starts AEW. Yeah, AEW. it's October. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Gronk, thank you for your donation. That he says, thirteen minutes of them entering, nine minutes of a train mat, train wreck match. Was it thirteen minutes of entrances? Didn't need to be nine minutes long. <laughs> that could have been half the length. I went. So I actually watched the first half of Goldberg's entrance. I got. I went to the loo, came back. And he was still doing his entrance. That's what they should be. They're both great entrances. <laughs> Jeremy Smith uh, says, got home during the main event. Guess I didn't miss too much. Happy uh, I at least got to spend a few minutes with you, James. Well, thank you, oh, Jeremy. I hope you're you, in Jess. this uh, new one as well. And Keith Simmons says, I hope The Rock runs, uh, runs in whenever Brock cashes in. Um, they've been teasing. Well, they've been toying with the idea of doing Rock Brock for a while, haven't they? Like, it feels like going back a couple of years, that was one of the big WrestleMania matches they wanted to do. It's one of the only big ones left, I suppose. Yeah, he'll be at a Saudi show. Oh, no, he won't. No, not with his Hollywood career, absolutely no. not. I take that back. Start recording. Triple H Orton made, me, uh, made my eyes hate their existence. Yep, we'll get on to that. It was a boring match. Yep. Flint Mech, uh, listening to Kevin Kelly on Observer Radio, thinking of drawing a bath. <laughs> You're my kind of man. Um, There's only one way to listen to Dave Meltzer interviewing Kevin Kelly. It's a warm, soapy bath. Nice. Rapco Media says Taker looked pissed after the match. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah he yeah. really did. Skywalker D said was embarrassed after the choke slam. It was, and he was so embarrassed he turned off. Mm. Not good. And finally, start recording in this part. Said uh, if Brian uh, saw you during your burger scoffing. Eek. I'm assuming that's well, yeah, you. yeah. Yours, we, we ate burgers in the live stream reaction. Yeah. Although technically, but you mine's... had a vegetarian one. Yeah, I don't think mine would have been vegan though, because I'd imagine there'd been milk in the bun. Uh, um, uh, you, mo- the you monster. <laughs> Uh, Jonathan Hedman uh, says, this has made my day off, uh, my work day so much better. So thanks. Cheers. You're very welcome. R2C2 back again saying, no offense, but I'd rather not see Undertaker wrestle again. Yep, I think we all agree. I think this, uh, we've been saying it for a decade. And then he, 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 every so often he would do something. And go, You know what? Fair play. You've got another couple of years left in you. But it's been three years now where every time is worse. And it's not good, and it's it's sad. Yeah, Zach Linder um, say uh, they sold the match on their entrances alone. Yes, that was all about the thing. It's all about the pomp and circumstance, as opposed to the actual it, wrestling. You didn't have to do all those complicated spots. R two C two back again said the head button stuff. Does it psych you up? Give, well, give it a try. <laughs> Can't remember how it went then. Um, right, okay, well, unfortunately, I can't really say your name fully, so I'm going to say C-Face Mo, C-Word Face Mo, with a ginormous donation, a huge, huge, huge donation. Uh, it Ooh. says, hi, Luke, give a flying headbutt to Ollie Mega News style. What's well, it? Mecha News uh, for, for stars, uh, as in, God, so, as in Mecha so Godzilla. So, so you've got to hit it here. Oh, do it again, I was going to make a slap noise. Oh. Mecha news, mecha news. Uh, Brian I mean, Johnson, oof. I wonder if that's the one from the uh, Kevin Smith family of uh, filmmakers. Uh, it was 92 degrees, but WWE rounded up to 100. Apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Uh, Courtney Summers, um, Switchblade says that that match sucked. Or Switch Babe, as she calls herself. Switch Babe. Yeah, she's good. great. You're good work, Courtney Summers. It did suck. It did suck. Topic Talk Wrestling uh, says 68% say both Taker and Goldberg should retire out of the 134 votes on our Twitter page. On our, oh, we put up a, a no, poll on, on their Twitter page. On oh, to, wow. On talk, yeah, yeah. Topic, uh, topic Talk Wrestling. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm surprised 68% seems quite low. <laughs> yeah, I would say that's yeah. remarkably low. Uh, and Raymond Jones lastly says, uh, God, it would have been better if the main event had been a Halloween deal or no deal. <laughs> he was the guy who said... Uh, that was very funny. So the coffins lined up and it did look like it was the deal or no deal boxes. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Oh, let, let, should we break down this show match by match? Yes. Uh, we haven't got many notes because it was so boring. Yeah. The pre-show was the Usos beating the Revival. They they had... Oh God, it seems like it seems like Long out, ago. days ago now. Um, but the, the part of the problem was the Saudi crowd seemed to only be there for a few people's entrances and the main event. They were hot all the way through the main event, apart from the end when it all fell apart. Mm-hmm. 
Goldberg and Undertaker, that's why they were there. Because they loved the Attitude Era and the 90s. Yes. And Mansoor. And Mansoor, yeah. But um, everything else on the show was unfortunately quiet and lacking an atmosphere. And that hurt the matches. The Usos versus The Revival pre-show match, 10-15 minutes I think, was one of the better matches on the card. No reaction. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I did like the finish, though. <laughs> well, I thought we were building. I thought we were building know, to I, a point. I, I, to be honest, I'm a, I agree with you. It just it was very funny in the in the way that it, it went down. But I, I actually think you're right. It felt like we were now about to get into our third gear here. Or sorry, our yeah. fifth gear, rather. And the users hit a double super kick on one of the revival. And you were like, oh, well, it won't be the finish. And then it exact, that was the finish. And yeah. then they pinned him. And I was like, oh huh, it's a bit of a shame, actually. I, yeah, could, I so, could have done with another five minutes. So that feud, I don't know where it goes from yeah. here, probably stuck in a loop of facing each other, which is a shame because you've got the Viking Raiders right there. AOP are back now, as we saw in the 50-man battle royal. Yeah. Kurt Ryder are the tag team champions. Have they defended their belts since winning them? I think they must, maybe against the uh, Maybe Revival? non-title, maybe non-title. Yeah. They got um, beat by the Viking Raiders, you remember that? Yeah, anyway, the main card. WrestleVotes said it was going to open with Seth Rollins versus Baron Corbin, and lo and behold, it did. They also reported that Mansell would be winning mm. the Battle Royal. So actually, I, I, at this point, I'm saying WrestleVotes have actually got the best track record of backstage scopes. Yeah, 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 they're very, very reliable. So my problem with this match, and we said it from the get-go, Rollins comes out in this full-on jacket thing, so uh, it was like red, white, and black. Yes, so it, some uh, thought it might be a tribute to Sammy because that's his color scheme on his shorts, but someone said it actually looks like the Avengers Endgame um, sort of time capsule. Suits. Yeah, it could be either. And he gets into the ring, and they play a video package of him being beaten up by Brock Lesnar on Monday, just a couple of days ago. Mm. Yeah, And they, they're all putting over how, you know, this week, oh, he might not be ready for the match this Friday, but he's going to try and he's going to vow to be there like a valiant baby face. And Seth's in the ring like like nothing. Yeah. And then it's almost like that video package was someone played it. You're injured, by the way. You're meant to be selling an injury. And he unzips his jacket. Oh, I've got some tape around my, around my torso. And I'll take off his jacket and then walk around a bit. And they go, but ooh. ooh. It was... I think it was bad selling. It's a common complaint against Seth Rollins is that he doesn't sell injuries or he'll go and do like a big string of dives and then go, oh, but yeah, ow, that does hurt. But like doesn't like it never sells them during moves or during matches. It's just he'll sell and then do his big load of matches and then go, yeah, or like he'll be selling the knee and then he'll do a top rope move. Yeah. It's, uh, and, and there's an argument that all the adrenaline overcomes you and you can work through the pain. But I just don't get it with Rollins. What's far more impactful for me, and I keep coming back to it this week because it was freaking incredible, Cole versus Gargano. Gargano was out on his feet. He was selling. He would just fall over mm. because he couldn't run anymore. That is a much better sell and better tell of the story than hitting your second dive that ultimately doesn't mean anything. Yeah, exactly. Dot, dot, look, listen to me. I sound like Randy Orton. <laughs> um, it, so, yeah, it wasn't a particularly great match. I don't really remember much about it. The other thing that was really bugging me about it was Baron Corbin, which you know, probably should come as no surprise, but Corbin was getting the lamest of lame heel heat 
which is that you would do a pin, you don't get the three, so you argue with the ref and tell them that he should be counting three. You can probably get away with it once, but even then it feels like a really hokey 80s thing to do. He did it like five times in this match, and every time he did it, it, was, it just got lamer and lamer and lamer. And I was like, this is not effective character work. This isn't effective heel work. This is just lame. And it built into the finish, uh, rubbishly so, where Baron gets frustrated. I don't know why, because really, he should just be targeting that torso. Yeah, yeah wh why isn't he doing that? Yeah, he worked over the ribs a little bit, but don't work over the referee. <laughs> work over the big red cross target that Rollins has given you here. Make him sell it. In his abdomen. But instead, Corbin goes outside, he gets a chair, walks in. The referee's like, no, don't use the chair. So he's like, oh, but I want to use the chair. No, you'll get disqualified. So Baron puts it down. Chair doesn't play into anything. I thought that might at least accidentally knock into Corbin's face, and that's how Seth wins. But no, Baron then starts shouting at the referee after a weird pause from getting rid of the chair, saying, don't you tell me what to do. And the referee fires back, says, no, yeah, I'm a referee, you respect me. Rollins rolls him up, one, two, three. Lame. Really lame. And somehow, this is built to a rematch. I don't know how this has come to a rematch, because, yeah, we're getting, again, Seth versus Baron at, at Stomping Grounds in two weeks. I don't know how. Yeah. Uh, and also, Corbin was wrestling in full waistcoat and jeans and shirt. He looks so hot hey, and sweaty because yeah. it was very warm there, like we keep saying. Uh, but yeah, after this, bum, 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 bum. As we were told, Brock Lesnar comes down with a chair. Paul Heyman's there with the briefcase. And we're sitting back like, OK, here we go. Something. And Brock gets in the ring. He's ready to go. Paul Heyman gets in the ring. Uh-oh. His back foot catches the middle rope. He slips over and fumbles the briefcase into the ring. He does a Batista. So they can't cash it in. Yes, because he dropped the briefcase. And then Seth, true to his character, I guess, low-blowed Brock. I guess it's just his character now. Is he just like loves to low-blow Brock. And then he hits him hither and yonder with the chair, stomps him into the briefcase, which Brock took like an absolute champ. Yeah. Brock did not cash in his money in the bank. Uh, if you, we talk about this in a bit more detail in uh, the other video that we've got uh, in the archives. And, but yeah, so it just means we're now going to get a few more months of Brock with the money in the bank. And whatever that might mean. Yeah. You know, cashing in, not cashing in. Is he going to be showing up for work? Is he not? Is he going to do less dates? Is he going to save it till SummerSlam? Or, as we were kind of like theorizing on previous Wrestle Rambles, are they going to save it until the first SmackDown on Fox? Potentially. It's, it's, I mean, I, I, I don't know who to be angry at anymore because why, why would you believe that something was going to happen that WWE told you would happen? Uh, I, I think if, you, if you're going to get out, fair enough, you don't cash in the Money in the Bank briefcase. There are ways to do that, even though you've set that expectation, there are ways to do it without making the viewer feel frustrated and pissed off with the company, not the characters or the storyline, the actual people, management, behind the scenes, booking it. Like you said, and I'm not saying this is the one to, to do, debut Matt Riddle, have him beat up Brock Lesnar, and the, the briefcase is still intact. Then we're all like, whoa, Matt Riddle and Brock Lesnar are in a feud. Yeah. And it sort of gets around all of this. 
Omega and Jericho at Double or Nothing did not live up to expectations as a match. But nobody's talking about that. They're all talking about, whoa, John Moxley's here. You set an expectation, and if you don't deliver it, you make sure you've got something better to surprise people with. Absolutely, yeah. I can almost see on Raw them make the announcement that Brock knows he's got a year. And so he, and the mistake that he made was telling Seth that he was going to cash in ahead of time. So now I'm just going to wait till you're not expecting it. That way you can kind of write Brock out of the picture and then you can actually just, you don't have to have the sort of fake cash-ins. You can just have weeks and months of nothing until you eventually get that, the Brock Lesnar music and you'll be like, oh my God, Brock is back and he's got the briefcase still. I think that's probably your best use of Brock at this point. Stomping ground. God, no. Well, I would wait a bit longer than stomping (coughs) ground. Uh, After that, we had Andrade versus Finn Balor which I think was probably the best match of the night. Absolutely. But it didn't feel that way because the crowd didn't care. Nope. No, the crowd were super, super not into this match, which is a shame, really, because they were having this really, really good match. They were into the Balor entrance. Um, Not so much Andrade, but perhaps that's just sort of a victim of circumstance in WWE's booking of him since he came up to the main roster. And they had a really good match. Lots of back and forth stuff. Comes kickouts of big moves. Uh, the demon was sweating off all of his paintwork. It was uh, quite funny, really. And then eventually he hit the double stomp, which he proper stuck the landing yeah. on and got the win. That was shortly off a really cool top rope DDT. Yeah. So Andrade was on the top rope itself, and, and Banner was on the top turnbuckle. And he lifted him up for a high angle DDT, which was really cool, and That's then straight sweet, yeah. into the to- the stomp. But yeah, it raises the interesting question. If Finn Balor sweats all of his demon paint off, does he lose the powers? (laughs) Is he back to being regular Balor? Yeah, absolutely. Also, if you are, if you're Finn Balor, if this is like in the kayfabe thing, why wouldn't you just be the demon all the time? Exactly. What are the rules? Uh, But the the entrance was supremely cool. They had a bunch of people in gimp suits dressed up as Balor, and they sort of... He kept, they came out of them on a platform, which yeah. is cool. And the crowd were really into the entrance, at least, but not the actual match. Oh, then we got... Right. Do you know what? Okay. So, next up, we got Roman versus Shane. Someone tweeted me, so I'm just going to quickly find the tweet, because it was something that you read, and you're like, oh, God, I hope not. This is from Duncan. It says, uh, do you think the Roman-Shane feud, um, it will lead to a five-on-five at Survivor Series? Oh. Can you imagine Shane and Roman feuding until November? That is too long. <laughs> uh, do you think Vince is just like, we can't beat Kofi with Roman. Uh, how do we keep Roman occupied until so the yeah, heel I has thought, the belt? I thought you were going to say that they've booked, like Vince has booked this match and then go like, I don't know, pal, we can't beat Roman, but we can't beat Shane either. They're too big a star. We can't beat either of them. Both of them are going to go over in the match somehow. Yeah, the immovable force. Versus the unstoppable shame. Uh, but this was a... It was a boring match. This was... Yeah. Wasn't the most boring. Nope. Because there was some perverse fun to be had watching Shane legitimately punch people. Yeah, potato in uh, all over the show. It was the, like, there was this wonderful sequence where Shane was punch, 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 punch. Like proper ones in the ribs. And then Roman... You can tell the difference was like throwing worked punches back. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, pro wrestling punches. 
Man, you're getting the wrong end of this deal here, Roman. Absolutely, it was. Yeah, this it was a bad match. It was kind of what you expected it to be, though. This feud must continue because somehow Drew McIntyre claymored Roman in the middle of the ring, and Shane McMahon pinned Roman Reigns. Yeah, and we're getting Roman versus Drew at Stomping Ground. I'm over this. Oh yeah, so over it. The Drew Roman match from WrestleMania 35. No one is talking about it was it was bo- uh, only from a negative perspective it was very boring and now we've got that as the rematch that i mean that was at least that was announced on tuesday so we've had time to process it and set our expectations it's yeah. not like oh this this is the big reveal of this match where you're going to have mcintyre reigns to look forward to and it was the it was the usual 80 percent of reigns being worked over which is tedious as it is anyway but this was by Shane McMahon. Yeah, and he's got his like crap triangle chokehold thing that he puts on. And actually, I mean, I, I'm, to go against your point slightly, I would say that you'd probably want to announce Roman versus Drew after this match yeah. because at least then there's a storyline reason for it to happen. Whereas previously on Raw, they just said we're having a match, and like, okay, why? Because I guess because Drew had already been set up as Shane's second, so that doesn't mean you get a match. Uh, I don't know. It's like the um, someone pointed. I think it was Adam Bibler of the Attitude Era podcast was talking about like the Andrade Finn match. It was like, why is it with these sort of like super show things that they do? Is that they announce the matches and then start the storylines to lead towards mm. those matches, as opposed to having a storyline that leads to a match? Yeah. Well, I guess that's the sort of thing you should do behind the scenes. <laughs> we want to get here. How do we book backwards yeah. from there? Oops, we announced it. Uh-oh. Yeah. Ah uh, no. Ah, <laughs> no. uh, you made the Google Doc live. You did it again. Uh, but. Of all the... Actually, I think the Brock briefcase cash-in thing was the worst example of a booking angle. Um, But this was second for me. Yeah, I actually forgot about this. Lars Sullivan took on Lucha House Party. Was it his debut match? This is his first match on the main roster. Considering that, he's been debuting since November last year. He's been lurking, to be fair. And then he started debuting after Mania. Yeah. Um... So, yeah, this is Lars's first match in WWE. Excuse me. And he couldn't get a win here, despite the fact that he's been beating up everyone hither and yonder on WWE TV. These people included. Because they got themselves DQ'd. Why the F wouldn't you just give him a win? Like, what does Lucha House Party gain from winning by DQ? And then they all beat him up afterwards, three on one, and left him lay. And I'm like, well, now I feel bad for Lars. Because these three dicks just beat him up three on one. Yeah. It's... And, so, I, I guess one thing they might be doing is weirdly turning Sullivan babyface. The promo they did on Tuesday on SmackDown was I am a tortured soul. They call me a... You could say the word. I don't mind the word. Oh, say it. <laughs> say it, Caleb. He's been called a freak all his life, and he, he deals with it. it they, they gave the impression that he's been bullied, he's an outsider, and now he's taking that out on people. So maybe Vince sees him as a cane like sympathetic monster. Yeah. Like, he, he actually does have a heart, but it's society that has made him an outcast, which is fueling... I'm trying to wipe my nose while I'm talking. Go ahead, mate. Which is, which is fueling his anger. And that was, that was here when these three luchadors 
started beating him up to cause DQ. So they did give Lars a win. Well, just, no, I agree with you, but just so because ev- everyone's going to scream that in the comments. Who <laughs> did give him a win? Um, but yeah, it's not like a convincing Buddy Murphy did win. debut on SmackDown. <laughs> it's it's a win on paper. Yeah. Um, but then you had one of the Lucha House Party holding on to Lars's legs so he couldn't move. And the other two were just wailing on him. And now I'm like, well, now I feel sorry for Lars, like you said. Yeah. And it, it reinforces that society is against him. These people who just like to have fun. We're all about partying, but not when it's you, you big freak. <laughs> you big dumb freak. Yeah, so I, d- I mean, I think I'm probably reading too much into it because otherwise I'll go mad. Mm. But they could be doing that. If you were to do the cane the monster who has a heart who discovers their heart then I would literally just copy and paste control C control V what you did with Kane where he finds a friend in X-Pac and X-Pac sort of like helps Kane try to become more human and you win sort of tag titles together and that's how you, that's how you turn Sullivan babyface not just have these three luchadors beat him down and then go off being like what a dumb old freak but good job we beat him down there that's how luchadors talk uh. And you also do that th- two, three years into their run. Yes. <laughs> not, yes. not a couple of months. What was the birdie uh, referenced on SmackDown? A nightingale. Nightingale, that's it. Maybe that's going to be... Don't ask why a nightingale sings. It's a beautiful song. <laughs> Such a beautiful song. Um, so, and after that, so they left Lars Lane, and then Lars just went after them anyway and beat them up on the ramp. Which undoes anything that you might have been doing prior to that. I actually forgot that he beat them up as well. So everyone looks... Rub- not Yeah, everyone looks rubbish. Yeah. Why wouldn't you just get... I said this about Andrade and Apollo Crews on SmackDown. When you had Andrade just beat Apollo Crews, hit the Hammerlock DDT, and then Crews rolls out the ring. And I was like, why don't you just give him a win? Like, just have him attack him doing his entrance, hits the Hammerlock DDT, and so that's a, a big, impressive win before he goes for a title shot. But in the end, what you do is that you, you get nothing. Because Andrade didn't pin Apollo. He just hit a move on him, and Apollo rolled out the ring. And here, Lars laid out all three of them but he didn't win he got dq'd or they got dq'd it does nothing for anyone yeah but so I mean, you could have had your big monster dude beat up three guys and beat three guys at once but instead he doesn't do that at all so let's recap this so far St- boring rollins corbin match failed stupid lesnar cash in oh no just to add to that oh boring uh, rollins corbin match with a crap finish then you had the failed cash in Andrade Bala match with no atmosphere. Thumbs up. McMahon beating Reigns with Bad. a crap finish. Boring crap finish. Lars versus Lucha House Party, which was just <laughs> crap non-finish. And then Randy Orton versus Triple H for so long. So long. So long. This was, I said this in the prediction show, it was going to be the most boring match on the card. I don't even think I could have fathomed it being this boring. This was untold level of boring. Uh, and, like, you can have long matches. Cole and Gargano went 35 minutes. Didn't feel like it, though. Yeah, whizzed by. Kenny Omega, Kazuchika Okada, Dominion, went an hour. Didn't feel like an hour. These two, I don't know how... If You could probably come back to me and go, oh, they actually went 12? Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, wow, that's time travel, effectively. Because they moved so slowly. Yeah. Everything they did was so methodical. And I get that's their characters. You've got the cerebral assassin versus this guy who picks body parts apart. And it was 
It was so stilted and slow. It looked like I was watching it on half speed. You at one point said, have we watched this on half speed? They, uh, they went 25 minutes. Mm, okay. I honestly would have said 40. It felt like 40. I genu- I, if, I was a, if I was a betting man, which I am not, I would have said that went 40 minutes, but it only went 25 minutes. This style of wrestling is a decade out of date. And Triple H, but Triple H loves it because he always has these matches. He had the same match with Seth Rollins at WrestleMania, and it was boring then. He had these matches with The Undertaker, and it was boring then. What? The Undertaker matches were really good. No, I'm talking about the Super Showdown one. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I thought you meant the Mania oh, ones. Oh, no, the Mania ones were well, that, incredible. That was, a dec- that was a decade ago, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. And he's Triple H, fun fact, always has the longest match at WrestleMania. And once again here, he had the longest match. Triple H clearly loves this match, and the man has clearly got some smarts about him. NXT is terrific. This style of wrestling is just not for me. Maybe that's what it is, but I thought this was so boring, so outdated, and I really could have done without it. Yeah. Uh, Autumn won with an RKO from out of nowhere after three backdrops on the announcer's table outside. I think it was from four. Or four. From Triple H on Orton. Triple H ro- no, Orton rolled into the ring. Triple H posed a bit, walked in. RKO. This was after they both kicked out of each other's finishers. Yeah. Not the crowd good. went crazy though for for the end. Yeah. Probably because they were just delighted it had finished. That was what the uh, the live chat was all saying. As well, yeah. at the same time, I was like, God, thank God that's over. It was so boring. They were reacting to the stars and the music, not the the match. Yeah. It was it was it was a slow tedious dull match yeah really was but don't worry we've got Bobby Lashley and Braun Strowman oh now my. do you want to read your notes for Basin you got there they got a tale of the tape which nobody else got mm-hmm. but it was all about the, the size wasn't it yeah the size they, of the beef because it's all this was Vince McMahon was masturbating furiously to this match because this was a beefy old Vince McMahon match it was ham hocks <laughs> look at the size of that ham hock uh, yeah so put tale of the tape Braun won. <laughs> eh. What else is there to say? Bobby Lashley did a better power slam than Braun. They, they, look, after... It was Brand- better than Triple H, Brandy Orton. Yeah, after Orton and Triple H, this felt, this felt like a best of the Super Juniors match. <laughs> because th- there was a moment where, shock, someone ran. And I was like, oh, the speed on this guy. And it's actually just Braun Strowman doing his little leg thing. Yeah. Not he hasn't got little legs. I'm talking his, his little steps no, his that he little does Fred when he, when he weirdly run. runs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they were running at each other. There was a few big power moves, like you said. Bobby Lashley picking up Strowman is impressive. There was a suplex onto the ramp outside. A few run round the ring charges. It was good, but it was nothing better than what I've seen on Raw. And the stuff I'd seen on Raw doesn't really float my boat either. No, this is Vince McMahon's wet dream. It's not for me. Then we got Kofi beating Dolph, which I just never really got into because of Dolph, really. Yeah, I mean, I thought this was a one and done. I'm surprised this is going again going to a rematch. But I genuinely thought that Dolph had been called in because Owens refused to do the show. So they called in Dolph as a last minute thing. But it's I think bringing in Dolph just makes it feel so mid-card. Mm. And it, what Kofi needed after winning the WWE Championship, was a really big challenge. I love Kevin Owens, but Kevin Owens hasn't really been positioned as like a top, top heel 
for quite a while, or even a top top babyface when he made his comeback. For, for and it doesn't feel like he's been a main eventer for some time. He needed, as you say, as you said in the live stream, a Randy Orton. He needed someone who had legit main event level status to solidify Kofi as a top guy. But Kofi's just been feuding with other mid-carders. And maybe that's because WWE have made have flattened everyone out into a mid-carder, aside from a handful of people who have managed to be more than a mid-carder. But him feuding with Dolph in a, in, over a two-pay-per-view stretch feels so mid-card. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, uh, it, it's just... It had an awkward finish as well. I, didn't, which, I did not like this finish. Which is Dolph is doing things on... You know, he's never fully... He's never cheating within the confines of the match. But he did have a go at Xavier Woods. Like, he, he punched Xavier Woods or something. So, in the finish, behind the referee's back, Dolph is thrown into the ropes. Xavier, out of nowhere, jumps up, kicks him in the face. Dolph turns round. Trouble in paradise. That's the win. So, Kofi effectively cheated to win. Yeah. Or Woods cheated on his behalf. Yeah. And Dolph, you know, Dolph doesn't have an extra man out there. He wasn't doing anything really outside the rules to get a leg up here. So, this is not, this is like, this is like when Seth low blowed Brock to get the win at WrestleMania. It, it takes away some of that babyface momentum. It's like when Sasha cheated so that Bailey could beat Charlotte Flair to, to yeah. win the title. And you're like, why is Bailey getting like why is Bailey cheating to, to win a belt here? It's like when Rey Mysterio pinned Samoa Joe when his shoulders went up. It's like when Becky Lynch pinned Ronda Rousey when her shoulders went up were up. Went and then up, got, were up. And then you got Dolph backstage afterwards calling Kofi a coward saying he's got his friends around ringside who are cheating for him. And like, yeah, you're right. And so he books him into a steel cage match, which should be a baby face thing to be like, we're going to be inside, locked inside a steel cage where yeah. your friends can't interfere in our matches. Only it's the heel that's doing this and is justified and is right. It's, I, I thought this is terrible. It's not what Kofi needs. It's psychologically backwards. Yeah. And they have done everything right with Kofi, as far as I'm concerned. Maybe, you know, they could have put him against a higher caliber, not higher caliber, but a higher perceived caliber of people as opponents but this is this is a major misstep yeah on a night of major missteps uh, i think it will play into people not cheering him as hard because now it seems like he's 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 unfairly won as a baby face which is bad and the only way i can see this going but i fully expect them to completely drop it really and not acknowledge it as a bad like heel thing uh, is that Xavier keeps cheating on Kofi's behalf because Woods is so enamoured with Kingston as the champion that maybe his character becomes almost possessive, almost Gollum-like over Kofi being the champion to the extent where he obsessively keeps cheating on Kofi's behalf and then Kofi has a word with him and that creates a split. But obviously... No one wants the new day to split up. No, I really like that story. I think that's a really interesting character for, for Woods to play, especially because you can then lead to a Kofi versus Woods feud, which I think would be terrific. But it's not what I want to see because I don't want to see the new day split up. Yeah, it's like all the ideas that you can do, and some of them are going to be great ideas, should you do them? And yeah. I, would, I would say this falls into, you know, not that camp. Yeah. So you can do this idea, I think it's a pretty good story, but you shouldn't. 
me and Laurie were talking on the NXT rambles, saying like, well, they because it felt like they were going to be splitting the Undisputed Era, which they've effectively dropped now, I guess. But it felt like they were going to be building towards this tag match where it was going to be Cole and O'Reilly versus Strong and Fish. And you're like, man, I mean, that sounds like a really great tag match. But I don't want to see it happen because I don't want this team to split up because I like them as a faction. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it's, it, everything looks fine on paper, but in reality, I don't want it. Um, and then finally, because the, the last, last match was Taker versus Goldberg that we've already covered, we had the 50-man battle royal. And amongst all the 40 people or 45 people that walked out at the start was AOP's Akam. He certainly was, yeah. He's back. So there was a report a couple of weeks ago that um, I think it was, yeah, last week, saying that he's now fit and healthy again. And this is the confirmation of that. You made his big return. So Luke Harper, Ember Moon, Akam, the people who've just returned in Battle Royals this year, unceremoniously. Unceremoniously is the word. Uh, but so that they all came out. I think Miz got an entrance after that. Cesaro did. And then out came Elias. And this was, this was smart booking, really. Elias cuts a promo, strums a guitar. If you didn't know who Elias was in the crowd, and I suspect a lot of people in the crowd didn't know what the hell was going on, like who the characters were, because a lot of move sets from the newer guys weren't cheered the same way they would be over here. No. Like no one cheered for the double knees, or at least reacted to the double knees from Andrade. We know that's a spot, because we watch him week in and week out. But to the audience, it seemed like just another move, yeah. maybe. Um, but So Elias comes out, he sort of trashes the town, says, mm. he does his usual song thing. And that sets him up as the clear heel, which is such such smart booking because, just fast forward a bit to the end, it's him versus Mansoor, Saudi Arabian's own, Saudi Arabia's own Mansoor. It's them two. They have, have a few bits in the ring. Mansoor skins the cat, manages to get in, throws Elias out. Huge celebration. People crying in the crowd that this guy's won. I wonder if some of them were family members. Potentially. Amazing. It was a, a such really a lovely, cool moment. Such a lovely moment. Um, best thing on the show. For, ha, for, hands down, it was the best thing on the show. It was one of those few things where you're like, I, I don't want to be cynical about this, actually, because this was a really lovely moment. It was the right call to make. Ha home country guy goes over, and you get a massive pop. Who'd have thunk it? You don't have to bury people in their hometown, apparently. Yeah. Um, and it got him. It made him feel like an absolute megastar uh, in in this battle royal. Whether this means that Mansoor is going to be on the main roster now, I don't think so. I think he's probably going to stay in NXT, and he's actually been doing some really good stuff in NXT, just like matches here and there. He's, he hasn't gone to a storyline or anything yet, but. He, or maybe he'll just be, you know, just cut it out for the, the Saudi shows to be like, hey, it's a, it's a hometown hero. Here he is having another match. Mm. Um, but uh, the, the actual match is a body. Sorry, before we uh, go on, I did want to mention as well, Titus Worldwide got his entrance as well. In the, yes, of course. Outside of the 45 to riff off the Titus World slide moment from last mm. year. Um, the actual match itself as a body was, was about 15 minutes of people too many people in a ring it you know that picasso painting of war it's up in the white house Wait, like, i do not well it's I'm, it just I'm uncultured it just looked like tell an, me ask me about sonic an abstract bunch of shapes <laughs> hitting each other yeah and clashing against each other that's very much what this was yeah. apart from this and there's a big red shape in there which is kurt hawkins kurt hawkins was beat red because presumably someone replaced his tan, <laughs> his, his sun cream, with cooking oil. 
if he'd have had the uh, the raw tag titles on him, you wouldn't have noticed the, uh, the tag <laughs> titles around his waist. Um, yeah, it was very messy, very sloppy. But it, the, I don't blame any of the lads in there. There's 50 people in a ring. It's hot already. It's hot already. It must be sweltering inside of that. It must have been gross. Um, but it finally picked up a little bit when it came down to the final six, which Mansell was obviously a part of. And you had Ricochet and Cesaro and Ali in there uh, with Joe and... I can't remember the other person. Cesaro. I said Cesaro. I can't and Elias. Elias. There you go. Thank you very much. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was quite some, some nice stuff. It really picked up with the last six people. Yeah. Mansell winning was an excellent... That was a lovely moment. Yeah. Well, that was, that was the show. Uh, I think it was actually... The worst show of the year for WWE, and also, I guess, the worst show I've seen for wrestling this year. I thought it was a terrible show. A boring show. Yep. Really, really boring. Really, really boring. A, a dreadful, dreadfully yeah. boring show. So we have some last yes. chats before Let's we get, get out of here, here, though. This comes in from William Adams, who says, In the midst of an anxiety attack, but listening to my favorite channel, it always keeps me calm. It you can get down. through it. Absolutely. Pretend we're hugging you. Oh, and we're all hugging you because we're one big, happy Hug. support group family. We're <laughs> we try and get through. We're a cuddle puddle. We are. Oh, the cuddle puddle. It's a Ramble Club thing for our Patreon listeners. Uh, Ryan Egler has said, Hello, guys. Thank you for watching this BS so I don't have to. Uh, just now getting here, just wanted to say hi and thank you for all your hard work. Thumbs up emoji. Thumbs up emoji back. Uh, Ross Gould, check out Matt Riddle's Twitter. We did. We talked about it at the top of the show. Um, he has some choice words about old Goldberg. So apparently he's been encouraged by management to do those Brock Lesnar tweets. Really? It's what Meltzer said. Those Goldberg ones feel a bit too... I, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a bit of heat for them. I wouldn't be surprised either. Yeah, I think it's great, personally, but... Uh, Zach Lidder, Corbin versus Seth. Control-C, Control-V. Aha! Flint's mech, uh, this is two summers in a row with a championship feud built around low blows. Yeah, that's true. Um, Joshua Scott, pick three from the 90s and 2000s for your mid-card vortex. Oh, you want a Luther Reigns in there? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Bob Reigns. Holly. Ah, uh, Bob feels like that's feels hard for Bob to go into that. Bob feels too good for a, for a mid card vortex. But maybe you're so right. So Drew. <laughs> yeah, Bob Holly definitely fills that Drew role in, in the mid card vortex. So that's weird. the Basham brothers. They feel like they'd definitely be in that revival yeah. role of, of a mid card vortex. Who's who's nineties? Well, I guess. Right to Censor were a fun mid-card of evil. Oh, I love the Right yeah. to Censor. That was a great act. Um, Dallas Pigeon, thank you for your contribution. It says, uh, lol, put Breeze and Dream on the main roster for us or the Intercontinental title. Boom. Yeah, that would be a great feud for yep. over that belt. Yeah. Uh, Michael Montiel says, been watching you guys all day. Good job, guys. Thank you very, very much. It's been a long old... Yeah, yeah we've been doing this for... Well, we started at six, so this is our, this is our six and a half hour. Oof, yeah, tell me about it. Um, Zach Linder, I wonder what the Saudi prince thought of the pay-per-view. I don't... Yeah. He saw Goldberg and he saw The Undertaker have a match. Yeah, great. Um, Jobber JJ has said, Shane has the, has the most moment on Esther... I think he means momentum. Shane has the most momentum on SmackDown Live, future WWE champ. I genuinely yeah, would oh not God. be surprised if they did. Yeah. And actually, do you know what? Kofi versus Shane would feel more big time than Kofi versus Dolph does. Yeah, you're right. 
Brandon will win, says, based on competitors involved, 40% of this card have legitimately... 40% of this card could have legitimately happened in 2006. What? No way. Not not based on that 50-man battle royal. I was going to say, yeah, maybe 40%. Ignoring the battle royal, maybe. Mm. Um, uh, Arkery, or X... And Karee says, why does everyone hate Dolph? Dolph is to WWE what Randy Andy Datsun is to WrestleTalk. Uh, everyone wants the push, but it'll never happen. Well, we wanted the push five years ago. Fifteen years ago. And now we've had year after year after year of false starts, and he goes away and bad storylines and dropped feuds. He's clearly done. Yeah. He's clearly done, but they just keep uh, keep just kind of... It's like The Undertaker. Yeah. You know how, like, Bray Wyatt's come back recently and we're like, oh, my God, he's reinvented himself. Dolph's done that, like, 20 times. Yeah. And, our, you know, after the third time, you're like, I don't care anymore. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. Uh, Zach Linder, this pay-per-view made me even more excited for Dominion. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good, <laughs> it's a good hype show for better promotions. William Adams also says, thanks guys, had a really fun day listening to you. Much love, WA Kiss. Thank you very much. And lastly, Six Fingered Jake says, if you had to get a wrestling related tattoo, what would it be? So I, the old WCW logo and the ECW logo beneath it and then the verses WWF. Yeah, I used to draw that all the time when the invasion storyline was happening. Um, I'd go with the right to center logo because it was just a big red. It was just the the no sign basically. Yeah, could be could be generic. Well, that is the end of our super streaming down of Super Showdown. Oh, thank you so much Christ, for all of your long. incredible super chats, and thank you to everyone who donated during our. Uh, Super Showdown live stream. All of the proceeds from that are going to Sammy for Syria. We're so, so thrilled to be able to donate so much money uh, to such a very worthy cause. Uh, and you guys were absolutely incredible. So, so very generous. Um, if you didn't see it as well, someone donated so much that I wore a vest for yeah. part of it. Sorry about that. It was delightful. Uh, well, we uh, the YouTube analytics take a while to, to total up how much, but we'll announce how much money we raised on Monday and we'll get that over to Sammy's Sammy Zane's Sammy for Syria charity. Indeed. Uh, yeah, and then hopefully he'll be a friend. That's the end game of this. <laughs> well, and also to, to help uh, Syrian refugees. But 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 yeah, but, I, also, I mean, but you know, if if a byproduct of that is then we're friends with Sammy Zane. I'm looking at the other way. If I help Syrian refugees while I try and become Sammy Zane's friend, then that's a plus. Everyone's a winner, baby. Yeah, that's for sure.